You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Who do you target with your B2B tech marketing? This is one of the fundamental questions of this business, and many organizations continue to struggle with it. C-level executives control the budget, and they set the strategies, so target them. IT decision makers understand the tech and the pros and cons of the solutions, so target them. Are you marketing a tool for developers? Better target them, too. I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. This challenge over who to target happens in part because all of these groups have some representation on B2B buying committees in one form or another. But you rarely know which way the ideas are flowing, top-down from the C-level execs, or bottom-up from the IT managers and administrators. Adding to this complexity is the fact that the line between business decision-makers and IT and developers gets increasingly blurry as digital natives enter the workforce. Emily Gaylord manages marketing campaigns for OutSystems, which is a low-code application development platform that helps business and developer teams collaborate on app development. We're also going to discuss how B2B marketing for the IT channel differs from end-user marketing and how the new culture of dispersed teams affects email marketing and team collaboration. Welcome to B2B Nation. Emily Gaylord, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, my name is Emily. I'm a marketing campaign manager at OutSystems. We are a low-code or modern application platform that provides companies the tools to develop, deploy, and manage enterprise applications. So we really do serve commercial and enterprise companies, but we are also a great tool for small to medium-sized businesses as well. Um, Primarily, our target personas when doing marketing and everything are the developers and the IT decision makers. Um, But we really, our mission is to give every company the power to innovate through software. Um, So yeah, I'm on our growth marketing team. Um, I'm one of, I think, four campaign managers. But yeah, that's a brief overview of me. (laughs) All right. So I have done some content creation around low-code platforms with a few vendors. And especially when low-code platforms burst on the scene, there were some unique challenges. It's a disruptive technology. And when these platforms first came around, you had to be a little bit careful that you weren't kind of annoying the developers saying, hey, we're going to take away your job and give it to business people. For sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So do you still find yourselves having to kind of toe that line and, and carefully balance that message? Yeah, so to be totally transparent, we do have a campaign manager that is uh, responsible specifically for developer campaigns. So I focus more on the IT decision maker side of the campaigns, but we, we don't run into that issue as much anymore because we really listen to the developer feedback. We market it more as a tool for developers to make their life easier, and their input is definitely taken into consideration when Um, IT decision makers are deciding which tools and processes they're going to use. So uh, I can't speak to, Christina is my coworker's name who manages the developer campaigns. So I can't speak to specifically um, what she's hearing in the field. Um, But I know a big goal of ours is to make sure we don't, you know, scare them away or make them feel like we're taking their job away from them. Um, But it's definitely something that we do keep it, she keeps in mind when uh, planning and executing campaigns. 
Yeah, it seems like most of the messaging in that area has become like, this is going to make your life easier because it's yeah. going to allow you to hand off the easy stuff to the business people and you're still going to get to do the code and everybody's exactly. going to be happy, right? Exactly. So who is your market? You talked a little bit about the job titles that you're going after. What have you found to be is the what have you found to be the most effective way to reach those titles? Yeah, so a couple of different things. As I mentioned, our target market is primarily the enterprise and commercial space, although we do we are available for SMBs as well. But we when executing my campaigns, I try to focus on enterprise and commercial accounts. Um, in terms of job titles, we're really looking for the person who's responsible for making the decisions in the IT department. Um, so that often includes CIOs, CTOs, VP of App Dev. Um, and we use a number of different channels within our campaigns to target those specific personas. It's very tricky, especially in the enterprise and commercial accounts to get a hold of these really high up decision makers. And we definitely don't shy away from the business leaders either, because obviously they have a big say in what technology a company is using. So we do target in some of our, some of our campaigns, um, CEOs, in some cases, CFOs. So it really depends on the use case of the campaign and what the message is. And then from there, we determine what channels we're going to use. But we use a mix of channels from, you know, our own internal promotions, uh, emails, but also external promotions through vendors such as technology advice, third-party publications, other vendors. Um, it's, it really depends on the campaign, the message, and the overall um, program and goal. There's always been this sort of conversation around those C-level titles and, and you're trying to figure out, I feel like, do the ideas in a business flow up or down? Do, do yeah. you go for like the business leaders and the developers and have them bring it up the ladder and say, hey, this would make us more productive. This would solve some of our pain points. Or do you go for those C-level folks and have them say, you know, you guys should look into this because right. it'll make your life easier. Right. What's your and experience I, there? What which yeah. way does it go? <laughs> so I I think that's why we have our person like our campaign split up into developer and IT decision maker slash business leader campaigns because the developer does have and the tech technical person does have such an impact on the overall decision. That's one of the reasons why our campaigns are split up that way. And I think it takes, I, I think it's a mixture for in terms of like the ITDM and business leader side of campaigns. I think it's a mixture of the both. We need to make sure we're hitting them with messaging that resonates for each of them and not just focusing on the IT decision maker or not just focusing on the business leader. So we definitely take that consider into consideration whenever we're hosting a webinar or uh, producing a new piece of content. We make sure we're speaking to both audiences. We have a lot of the content that we um, produce does speak to both um, unless it's something that we really want to uh, target like IT decision makers, we won't focus as much on the business side of things, but we definitely take that into consideration when planning and executing all of our campaigns, um, taking into consideration both personas. Before you got to OutSystems, you were working in, in marketing at Datto. Datto provides tools and hardware and software for the IT channel. It is yes. a little bit of a different marketing situation then you have it out systems <laughs> what's the biggest difference between marketing to the channel and marketing directly to users yeah for sure so to even take a step back further before i talk about the difference between the channel and users 
data was more SMB space. Um, so totally different in terms of what channels are working uh, better, which channels are more effectively reaching the audience. So that was a, a hurdle for me at first coming to OutSystems. But in terms of channel and end users, channels very uh, in-person focused, event focused, making those relationships. Relationships are huge when it comes to the channel. And not to say it's not as important with end users, but it's a lot more important on the channel side of things. So our most successful marketing programs at Data were those face-to-face -face events or um, smaller intimate gatherings where we really could meet people and um, develop that relationship. I would say the relationship building was the most important aspect of, the, of channel marketing. Whereas the end user space, it's still important, but it's, I feel there are other ways that are just as effective as getting a hold of, as, as the relationship building for the channel. Um, but it's definitely, um, it's got its pros and cons. Like there's things that are more difficult in the end user space that weren't as difficult in the channel. Um, but yeah, overall, the relationship building in the channel was the most important part of everything. We are coming to the end of 2021. What gets you most excited on a professional level about the coming year? The coming year, I've seen a lot of companies, I think 2020, obviously it became very competitive online, email marketing became really hard. I'm sure other companies struggled with um, getting a hold of people through email just because we are communicating through email for everything now that the world is digital. And even like even the digital space as a whole, you know, paid advertising, everything has gotten so competitive online that I'm noticing more and more vendors are becoming a little bit more innovative with their products and tools and their offerings. And so I'm excited to see what other offerings um, and what other ways of getting a hold of people are coming about now that the world is digital. Um, we, I think, you know, I'm not going to say email is fading because it's definitely not, but it's definitely more challenging. Um, so I'm excited to see what new technologies and ways of reaching um, our target audience come about as the world becomes even more digital in 2022. Yeah, email's email's interesting. Email's gotten very busy very for busy. people. But then we also have, it can also, I think, be easily ignored because everyone, if you weren't, before 2020, you are now tied to Slack or Teams yes. or whatever. And it's like when a lot of the work conversation is happening on that platform. Yes. Then it's not so much that email is too busy. It's just that email is getting ignored. Exactly. Like I have to look at email that often because everybody's got me on Slack. For sure. And, Absolutely. You know, by the time I get to that email, maybe it's been there for a couple of days. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Definitely can happen. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite tool? This is a question we ask almost everybody that appears on B2B Nation. The thing that you cannot work without our ask here is that you don't say your phone because none of us can do anything <laughs> without our phones. But if you've right. got a specific app, a specific tool, a piece of MarTech, what is it? Yeah, I think as a campaign manager, um, we work cross-functionally with so many teams and there are so many moving parts for every campaign that without a project management tool, um, we are just struggling to not only manage our own programs, but to create that visibility among the entire team. So a project management tool such as Rike, Asana, Monday, I've never used Monday, but I've heard that's a great tool as well. Um, some type of project management tool is 
critical for tracking our um, projects and our campaign statuses and providing that visibility to the entire team so that everybody knows the single source of truth place to look to get an updated status on all of our programs and activities and to collaborate across all teams. So that would definitely be my most critical tool. <laughs> I feel like the project management tools, have they haven't really been in the conversation as much about things that have changed because of COVID. Yeah. But because of the scattered teams. Yes. And because people aren't right next to each other to talk exactly. to each other. The project yeah. management tools have become, it's like everybody uses them now. I didn't hear yeah. that much about them. I mean, they were there. Yeah. But. Absolutely. And especially now that, you know, remote work is a common thing, like most of my team is in Lisbon. So that's definitely sometimes, I mean, half of their day, I'm still sleeping. So the more <laughs> they can provide <laughs> in that tool, I'm, I can check it in the morning and I know what the updated status is. So it's huge. And it's, it's kind of like the heartbeat of our marketing organization. Um, it's really important. All right, Emily Gaylord from Out Systems. Thanks so much for joining us on B2B Nation. Thank you. Thank you again to Emily Gaylord from Out Systems. Thank you also to technology advice teammates Amy Dunn, Sarah Sanders, KJ Pace, and Emily Whalen, who has ensured we have a lot of interesting B2B marketing ideas to explore as we head into 2022. Be sure to join us by subscribing to B2B Nation wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Mnemonics in the Guild are the creators of the best theme song in the B2B podcast world. Take a listen, and we'll catch you on a future episode. 